Uh, so often there's a little bit of self-censorship, isn't there? And we edit out certain things about who we are to make it more presentable. You know, if you're a Christian, sometimes you edit out your faith thing. Oh, I just won't mention that. And I'm beginning to learn that actually that's one of the most interesting aspects of who I am. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. Sats here, aka the Digital Rabbi. I hope you're having a wonderful uh, day this far, wherever you are. Maybe you're uh, hitting it in the gym, working out, or just on in the background, there's cooking going on, or you're on your commute on your way into work. Um, just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we live in just such a crazy world that we can just hit record and uh, post that content and someone can be listening. And um, I just remember a few years ago, that was the revelation that I had that there's all these windows of opportunity and everything that we create, we just put it out there and it is impacting someone. And so I don't really care how many people uh, is impacting. I mean, it'd be nice if it was more, but uh, I'm really just trying to be faithful with something I feel like I'm called to do. And uh, I find that podcasting brings me a lot of joy because you get to go into more longer uh, form sort of conversations than just a quick Instagram uh, clip. And I feel like in a podcast, you can catch a lot of a person's heart, um, a lot of their mind mindset. And so I listen to podcasts and uh, it's the reason I do mine. So thank you. And if you haven't already um, hit subscribe, so you can obviously keep getting this content and maybe consider leaving a rating or review if you think this is awesome or not, just uh, put it all out there. It's all good. And maybe share with a friend um, as well. So uh, today's podcast, um, I want to talk about um, the title money is not the goal. Uh, Money is not the goal. Now, you might be thinking, well, actually, stands for me, money is the goal. And uh, don't get me wrong, I am into the idea of making money. I don't think money is inherently bad. Um, and I think it's also really funny in our culture because we have this weird dual relationship with money where uh, we both idolize it. You know, we idolize people who succeed, uh, whether that's musicians or athletes, or, you know, who uh, sort of epitomize that rich lifestyle. Like we look to them, we're like, wow, these guys have made it. And uh, then on the flip side, we also demonize it. So when there's billionaires or whoever it is, we go, wow, these guys have just been oppressing people. And you know what? Maybe that's true. I I don't really know uh, on an individual basis. Uh, But what I do know is that money is just a magnifier. It magnifies who you are. And uh, what we need is we need the right people to have money. And so I'm hoping you're the the right sort of person who's going to put money to good use. And uh, you're going to be a good steward of it. And you're going to use it to be a blessing and to build rather than just to pursue sort of selfish desire. So in that context, once you've gone through that purification process, uh, money can be a a good thing and it can actually be a good goal. I'm just not convinced that it is the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal. Um, And the Bible talks about the love of money. Um, You know, when you love money, uh, that's that's the root of all evil. It, It doesn't say that money itself is the root of all evil. And there's plenty of rich people in the Bible. Abraham was very rich. Isaac was very rich. Um, you know, God promised the, the, the people of Israel a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's a, a metaphor to, to say, well, you, you're going to prosper. So I don't think God is against money or against prosperity. I just think when money occupies the top spot in our lives and it becomes our focus, it starts to, um, you know, it's, it's not just about other people. It's also just about ourselves. Like we stop enjoying life quite as much. And I've been going through a bit of a, a shift in my thinking 
thinking or really just wrestling around this idea. So you've probably heard if you're in any sort of creative business, this idea of niching down. So it's basically the idea that you create a really narrow focus. So instead of trying to talk to, you know, a thousand different people, you talk to just the one person and you become very narrow in the way that you talk. Now, to some extent, I practice this. You know, I'm deliberately reaching creative people. I'm deliberately reaching people who are visionary in their thinking. Uh, They have an active imagination. They can see the future and imagine things. I'm speaking to those sort of people. So most likely you probably fit into that category. And if you don't, that's cool. Um, You know, it's funny. I listen to a podcast which um, uh, is clearly aimed exclusively at women. (laughs) It's an entrepreneurial sort of podcast. And it's always, I could just see the language that is used, uh, you know, But I actually just get a lot from it, from the content. So I don't think just because you're not in someone's focus doesn't mean you can't uh, enjoy something. And uh, that's a lesson for us there, isn't it? In uh, creating a focus in our business. Focus creates clarity. uh, Clarity um, has power um, attached to it. So I, I think there is a concept here that is really good. I've just been wrestling with it because sometimes when you niche down in what you do, you can feel restricted, And uh, sometimes that's a good restriction and sometimes that's a bad restriction. Um, So for example, you know, you're coming to create some Instagram content and uh, you want to just post about something random. So today I just posted about something really random, like just on my stories, I just had a little mini, you know, rant or whatever it was about basically consuming animal foods. And the rant was basically this and (laughs) you'll find it funny. It was just the idea that in our world right now, there's so much promotion of like, hey, animal foods are bad for you. But actually on a nutritional level, leave the moral argument for a moment because I think there is a, that's an argument I can respect. Um, but, but on a nutritional level, um, there's just no equivalence. You know, animal products are, have so many micronutrients and things that you just cannot create. Uh, we were talking yesterday with some friends about a vegan salmon they'd had um, in Spain. And, it, and it's, it just amazes me that we're allowed to market these sort of things. Like for me, that's just like false advertising, right? Like, like vegan salmon is not a thing. It's, it's a load of, I don't know, is it tofu? Is it some sort of vegetable that's been heavily processed, loads of additives? You know, if it looks like a sausage, if it tastes like a sausage, if it has the texture of a sausage and it's not a sausage, you know what it is? It's highly processed. So, so like the nutritional benefits are, are really clear. But anyway, that's not really what I'm talking about now. Um, but, but I just posted something about it on, on, on my stories. And, and, and uh, it's got nothing to do with my business. It's got nothing to do with my brand. It's got nothing to do with what I'm doing, right? But it was just a thought that I had. I thought I would like to share this thought. And I reposted a video of someone breaking it down. You know, we're talking about vitamin B, uh, D, but there's also within vitamin D, there's different aspects of it, D1, D2, and blah, blah, blah. And only some of them can you get in, in animal food. So it's a pretty interesting watch, right, and conversation. But, but the thought went through my head as I posted it, which was, you know, is this, this is not really within my niche. And uh, I almost had like a moment of indecision and almost feeling like, is this going to hurt my focus? Is this going to hurt my specificity? And the thing I learned in that moment is, you know, when we become too obsessed with niching and focus and doing the right thing from a business perspective, what we what that's really on about is is we're, we're saying, oh, we need to make sure we're, we've got our focus so that we make money. We're kind of putting money as the goal. And I've realized this, that the more I niche down in life and the more I become like, let's say clinical in the way that I post social content and the more scheduled I become, like every now and then I'll just sit down and schedule like 20 posts, you know? And the more I do that, the more it feels like I don't communicate the heart in what I do. And maybe some other people can do this. Maybe this is just me. 
But what I found is that the more I lean into that sort of automation and the more everything becomes like Sats GPT, you know, like chat GPT, but just me, uh, <laughs> the more it loses some of the edge and the personality and the fun. You know, I, I've realized that one of the reasons people follow me and interact with me online is because they see that I'm a human being and they see my family and they see, um, you know, my opinions about animal foods. They may not agree with me, but they see something that is not in just like the clean, polished, uh, marketing version of Sats. They see the real me, and and I think that actually has a better long-term effect in terms of business and and people investing in whatever that's coach my coaching program or something in the future. You know, not not trying to make everything so clinical, but allowing the human element of me because people buy from humans and people connect with humans. And so I just want to encourage us just to consider that just for a moment in what you do in your workplace. Uh, so often we there's a little bit of self-censorship, isn't there? And we edit out certain things about who we are to make it more presentable. You know, if you're a Christian, sometimes you edit out your faith thing. I just won't mention that. And I'm beginning, beginning to learn that actually that's one of the most interesting aspects of who I am. And so when I talk about God and I talk about and I relate it to money or related to business or related to life, people are really intrigued, even if they're not necessarily sharing that same faith, they're intrigued as to how I'm thinking about things. And whether they agree or not, the process of seeing into a human soul is the thing that is quite compelling. And so for all the content creators out there and for all the, wherever you've censored yourself or edited yourself, can I just encourage you to be a real human being? This is probably one of the most effective things that you can do. And the flip side is also this, and, and this was the, the thing that really convinced me um, to let myself go a little bit wild sometimes in what I say. Um, is that I realized that, you know, when I become this content machine, I actually don't enjoy it. You know, like I, I don't enjoy saying all of the things, you know, doing the market research, knowing exactly what people are thinking and feeling, and then speaking into those topics. Like I don't enjoy that. And sure, we need to do that a little bit. But when everything is like on point, I can grow a business and I can make sales. But I'm, if I'm not enjoying my life, like, what is the point? And that's why I want to say that money is not the ultimate goal. It's, it's, it's not. There's, there's something else. There's joy. C.S. Lewis writes um, his autobiography. It's called Surprised by Joy. And it's his journey of, um, you know, from being an atheist, like a hardcore atheist, to becoming a Christian. And one of the defining factors is him finding joy in the world and just not being able to explain why it's there. And I think, you know, when we become machine-like in the way that we live, we, we begin to miss that joy and we begin to miss an authenticity that I think people are really hungering for where we become great at making money and our business looks great, but deep down, we're not actually happy. Like we're not actually having a good time. And I think the long-term effects of that, um, you know, it's not as good as uh, living a more human life and a more human expression of ourselves online that will ultimately, I believe, have a greater impact. And so what I've realized is I've made a shift from you know, running a business to actually building a personal brand. So I, I actually think everybody should build a personal brand. Um, regardless of what you're doing, everybody has a personal brand. That's probably the first thing to think about. Everybody has a reputation. Everything, uh, everybody has a feeling uh, attached to them. You know, when uh, your name comes up in a conversation, 
what do people, what's their reaction? What's the reaction in their body language? Um, you know, what's, what's their feel, the feeling that is evoked when your name comes up? Is it pleasant? Is it surprising? Is it fun? Is it, you know, or is it negative? Is it like, oh, bit of a drag? <laughs> I'm sure it's not. You're great. Uh, but, 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 but that's your personal brand, right? Like everybody has that brand. And when it comes to, um, you know, even if you're not in the sort of more creative entrepreneurial space, even when it comes to job connections and, uh, you know, in nine to fives, you know, your brand, your reputation, what you're known for, your experience, how you communicate, who you are, um, all those things are, are really important. And so I want to encourage us to be human, be human beings. And uh, we're going to, find that people will really uh, sort of uh, connect um, with us. So I just want to break it down just from a content point of view, um, maybe just some real practicals of how I've done this. And we've kind of loosely covered a few things, but I might just break it down a little bit more. And, and, I, and it's funny, I like I have all of these markers of authority that um, are positive things that I should talk about that I, I, I feel like, oh, I shouldn't really do that. So the, so the first one is probably family. You know, I'm married. I've been married for 14 years. And uh, we have four kids uh, aged from two to nine. And, um, you know, I saw this on another post that uh, Chris Doe, a great follow, by the way, um, put on. There was something just about loosely connected to his family. And someone put on a post saying, hey, I really, really respect the fact that you're, you, ha- you have a family and you're balancing all these things. You know, because sometimes you look at the entrepreneurs and the hustle guys, you know, like, like Alex Hormozzi, like he put a post on on Saturday saying, you know, shout out to everyone hustling on Saturday. Da, da, da. And I just thought... Oh, this is a guy who does not have family and that's fine. But I just, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, a turn off in the sense that anyone can sacrifice everything and make money, but there are some things that are more important. And again, not telling everyone what they should do, but I realize that people look at people with families and they actually go, yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool that you do all these different things and that family is at the heart of what you do and that, you know, you, you have a, ma- a good marriage and that your kids seem to be doing well. And, you know, like, like it's actually a cool thing. So I actually posted a photo today of my, myself and my wife and the poster is all in the caption, um, you know, for uh, things that, um, for dreams that basically had uh, been realized in 2023. So we're coming to the end of the year. But, you know, I just realized actually I don't tend to post photos of us as a couple. And and yet I think people will have really enjoyed just having a window into who I am. Uh, I think I posted a couple of days ago a picture of some of our kids and we're all wearing uh, Nike blazers. And it was just cool, you know, like it was a cool family moment. And I and I, I think for so, so, so long I've held back from sharing some of those things. I know not everybody wants to share pictures of their kids on social media and that's okay as well it's your personal decision um, but I'm pretty chill with it um, and so um, you know allowing people to see that window into family I think is a, a really good way of building trust um, but it's not a marketing hack it's just fun like I want to talk about my family right <laughs> like like they're a big part of my life so isn't it a bit odd if I almost censor that aspect from uh, my expression um, of uh, content um, the other area that we talked about already is the area of faith you know what I believe um, you know my worldview is deeply informed by um, you know the Bible <laughs> it's deeply informed by my relationship with God and so it would be strange wouldn't it if I if I didn't allow those thoughts to come through. And, and that's what's so cool about being, um, you know, running your own business and having that freedom and flexibility is that, 
you know, perhaps in your nine to five, you might feel a bit awkward about that. But um, there's a way to do it. Jesus says, you know, you've got to be as innocent as a dove and as cunning as serpents. I mean, that's pretty crazy um, sort of metaphor there. But what he's saying is you need to be strategic in how you navigate in the world. And I think, you know, one of the worst things Christians can do is just get on the emails and start blasting everyone about Jesus. You know, we need to be a bit more strategic than that. I think there is a way we can let this natural conversation sort of bubble up and uh, it should just be a part of what we do. Yeah. I went to church on Sunday, you know, and if people are offended by that, uh, that's fine. Like <laughs> I, I don't think anyone actually will be, uh, we live in a pretty tolerant world uh, nowadays and we need Christians just to talk about their faith and, and talk about how informs what we do because so much of society has been informed by uh, Christianity. I, I preached at the weekend um, uh, about the Sabbath, which is found in the 10 commandments. And, um, you know, one of the commandments um, is do not, murder and and we kind of look at that today in today's secular world and we're like well that's just silly why do we even need that in there and uh, it's because we're looking through the lens of a culture that is deeply christian uh, there was once a time where that needed to be said <laughs> you know you think back to the pharaohs of old who would bury their whole household or their wives and slaves and blah 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 so that they would get to the, the afterlife with them when they when they die uh, or you think about the aztecs and the incans who are there ripping out hearts for the sun god you know it's <laughs> you know we're, we're looking through the lens of today where we're like, well, that's common sense. We don't need the Bible now. Not understanding that the very reason that those things are common sense is because they've been forged over a few thousand years because of Christianity. Um, so, so I think, you know, um, we, we, need to, we need to remember that um, as Christians and wherever you are in your um, faith and worldview, I just encourage you to be aligned and be a person of integrity that who you are flows into all areas um, of your life. And probably the other area that might be applicable applicable to some of us is the area of church. You know, I'm a pastor of a church. I also run a business. And that's kind of funny. Like, and for a while I felt almost embarrassed about one. Like, it's going to be weird. Why am I doing two things? You know, like when people ask you what you do, I was always a bit conflicted. I was like, well, I kind of do a few different things and everyone else just has one thing that they do. And it seems quite nice and easy to be defined by that. But I didn't really have that. And I always felt like a bit out of place. Now I realize actually it's a bit of a gift. Like I have this amazing life like that I've been able to create for myself, but also by the grace of God. And, and, and so to talk about those things and to allow some of the things that I do in church to spill into the business um, is really cool. By the way, my super hack, if you want to um, create great Instagram stories, just document what's going on in your day. So this has really helped me because I am often moving between a few different areas. And so um, this enables me to share everything from family to church life to cool, doing a design over here to working with this coaching client over here. And I'm just documenting saying, this is what I'm up to. This is what's happening. Cool, this cool delivery just arrived. Help me have a look at this. And it's a really nice way of letting people have a window into um, what you do, which is gonna um, help definitely from a marketing perspective, but it's also just quite fun. <laughs> it's quite fun for, for building uh, relationships. And probably the last element of my life that I have been allowing to um, kind of uh, display through my social content um, has been the area of music. I actually posted a, just a, I wrote a little mini song. It was actually a worship song 
um, a few days ago and I just posted a clip of it and the whole post was basically around the same sort of idea. Just do things just for fun. You know, don't hold back who you are, etc. And I just posted it. And, and again, there's a skill there that, you know, when you meet a musician or you see someone play music, you kind of respect them, right? You think, well, wow, these guys are cool. And I, and I, for some reason I was holding back on that aspect of who I was because I didn't want to kind of clog up my niche and you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be running a coaching business. So how can I be posting about music? But I think Gary Vee says it very well. And I think there's different takes, by the way. I think for some people, niching is a really good decision. Um, but for others, um, building a personal brand, allowing those edges to open up a little bit more and be a bit more blurred and a bit more fluffy, for me, that feels a lot more human. So I think it depends if you're building a business that is a business that is separate from you or a business that is really anchored in who you are. And for me, I want to do the latter. And the reason is because um, I, I just feel quite aligned with what I do. And I also know that what people get from me, for example, in, in coaching, what they're going to get is they're going to get me. You know, they're going to get my mindset. Uh, they're going to get my way of thinking. They're going to get my unique take. And what's so cool about that is when it comes to comparison, this just blows everything away because there are many creative people in the world. There are many designers in the world. Many of them are better than me. There are many video editors in the world. Many of them are better than me. There are many musicians in the world. Many of them are better than me. There are many communicators and pastors in the world, but, and many of them are better than me. But, but, but no one has my perspective. No one is looking through my unique lens, through my unique history, through my unique giftings. No one's doing that. So... So this becomes the most beautiful way for me to have permission to be fully me without feeling like I've got a sense of myself and, and also bring something like my unique contribution to this world. And so there's this beautiful juxtaposition that for me um, allows me to live my life from a place of joy. It gives me great satisfaction, allows me to be fully me, and I believe is uh, what makes my life, um, a contribution, um, to those, um, around me. So, uh, I wonder where that leaves you. I'd love to hear, um, come over to Instagram. Let me know at Satsalanki. Are you, have you niched down in your business? Are you building a personal brand? Are you working in nine to five? Uh, let's keep the conversation flowing and I'd love your ideas around, um, topics you'd like to cover on the pod podcast. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about, uh, please do let me know and uh, we can lean into it. I'm kind of just flowing, going with the flow at the moment. And speaking of flow, uh, one of the things you really need a good flow on is your website. Um, your website is so important. People go check it out. It's 2023. And uh, if you don't have a good digital presence or a clear flow where you're moving people towards your goal, uh, that's not too good. So if you're a church and you've still got like a rubbish website, let, let's be honest, just go have a look at your website now. <laughs> just see what it looks like. Just be honest. Is it bad? Um, you should really go check out the church co go to uh, uh, co dot com and these guys do uh, just fantastic websites um, there's all sorts of it's made ready for you and it's really affordable and so you can actually get a discount on um, all of their options there uh, 10% discount by using the coupon code SATS S-A-T-S and the final thing I just want to leave you um, with if you're a photographer or you're working with photos and uh, you really want to upgrade your organization from Dropbox Google Drive to Capture Colab uh, you can go to Capture Colab 
www.tagingmyfriend.com. And um, it's just, uh, basically it's about tagging. So you tag your photos um, with things when you upload them. So let's say it's a picture of a church service and there's a certain person or a certain speaker, you can tag that or it's a Christmas event, you can tag that. And so, or it's a band or a guitarist, you can tag all of those things. And what happens is when you come in to make a design, like I was making a, some flyers this week and you need to pull in some photos, well, with Capture Collab, you can basically just search for the thing that you need and you know what it's like over time, you build up a good backlog. So um, you can just pull that in all in. So go to CaptureCollab.com. Again, use the coupon code SATS to get a 10% discount. And um, I do need to tell you about one thing and that is that my coaching program is going really well. <laughs> it's going really cool. Like, I really enjoyed just like exploring what does it look like? And I've taken some time not to lock in anything too specific and really create a few bespoke programs for people so that I can learn as to what is going to be the most helpful iteration of what I do. And um, there's been some materializing of that concept. And I do have a couple of spaces opening up for January 2024. So I'll give you a quick pitch if, if you're interested. This is the general concept. I'm really working with visionary type people. So you're the sort of person who you're full of ideas. You're great at starting things. Uh, you're not always so good at finishing them. Um, you're not too keen on administration, but when it, come to, it comes to idea creation, you are absolutely killing it. And uh, the problem is, is that we're, we're often left with a false choice. Like we live in the world where, um, you know, everything is promised to us quickly. It's like, do you want this now? It's like, yeah. Do you want do you want to be ripped now? Yeah. Do you want to make 100K per month now? Yeah, sign me up. But but the truth is is this, is that everything you really want that is that that that, that is permanent actually takes some time to build. So so the choice is is not now or later. The choice is actually do you want permanence or do you want temporary? And when we're faced with the honesty of that choice. I think all of us are going to choose something that's permanent, um, but the permanence takes time. And so what happens is we visionary people, we get excited easily, we start a project and then it kind of peters out and we never actually move from that space in our imagination, which technically does not exist yet, right? Like for you, the idea feels like it exists because you're a visionary person. You can see the route to the end, but you know, it, it's not actually there. It's not actually in reality. It takes a lot of hard work and, and walking through over the course of time, six months, 12 months, showing up every day, every week to build that reality. And for me this year, uh, it's been the year of me doing a bunch of things that I've always wanted to do. We've released three singles um, this year. We've got another five on the way. I was hoping the album would come out already, but it's coming, but it's going a bit slower than anticipated. We, we moved into our own church building uh, just a couple of months ago. That was a massive milestone. There was a lot of work to move um, towards. I shifted in my business towards coaching, which I'm super enjoying. It's just so good just to talk to people and get energized by helping people, encouraging them in, in their gifts and what they're doing. And, and of course, working out this year, I've, I've spent the last 11 months, five times a week in the gym um, and uh, having a great time developing and working on my fitness. And so this year has been the year where I have personally shifted on dreams and I've had a revelation about how to get there. And uh, most of us have got an idea of the vision, the goal that we want. Most of us have a rough idea of the strategy, how to do it. Uh, but most of us do not have anyone holding us accountable. So that's really what the coaching program is about. If there's a dream that you've deferred, something you've you know put on the shelf and not picked up that for whatever reason you have not 
done the work. Um, I really believe 2024 could be the year for you to actually pick that up and go for it. And that's exactly what I would love to help you do. So um, come over on Instagram, follow me at Sasalanki, drop me a DM. I'd just love to chat and hear about uh, what's going on in your world. So bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. I will see you in the next episode. 